Girl, you got it. 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 Happy Hump Day and welcome back to the Urban Girl Corporate World Podcast, y'all. I am your dopest hostess with the mostest, Nicole, and I'm excited that you chose to get over the hump this week with me. Last year, I closed out the fall semester at Clark Atlanta with a webinar called Beyond the Elevator Pitch that emphasizes the power of storytelling. The great thing about being a storyteller is that you have the authority to write the narrative you desire. And such is true in our own lives. No matter the choices we've made or the cards we've been dealt, every day is a new opportunity to write your own history. This does not mean that the process is easy. A significant part of that journey is changing how we speak to ourselves, shifting how we think of ourselves and establishing a new normal. But anything worth having is worth working for. And today's guest has done just that and so much more. I have admired this beautiful woman for many years, and I'm so proud to call her friend, Mrs. Hey, Vita Harris. Welcome to the show, lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be honored to be one of your guests on this wonderful podcast. Ma'am, I am so excited you're here. I just know this is going to be all things peace, happiness, and joy, and turnaround. So let me just set the stage. So Vita and I met many years ago. We were a part of a digital community of all things Black girl magic enthusiasts. And as with big communities, um, smaller cliques, if you will, started forming and evolving. And we found ourselves in this brunch all over New York City kind of conundrum, right? And what I love about that girl gang is it started at brunch, but it would just turn into like a full day of just like brunching all over New York City, going out for drinks. Like we just enjoyed each other's company so much that the day never ended at brunching. It just went on and on and on. And another thing I love about our relationship, Vita, is that it's so multi-layered, right? Like, yeah, right. I, I love that we created this space. Um, where we pour into each other, we encourage each other, we share wisdom, opportunities. You literally referred me for my first professional independent speaking engagement. I will never forget that. Yes, I did because, and I'm going to rewind back Mm -hmm. to that all day brunch we had because you are a star. And so when we had that all day brunch, you stepped in the spot. I think you might've been like a little bit late, You stepped in the spot and the whole energy just shifted. And from that moment, I was a Nikki Stan. Wow. And you know what? You said to me before, you you made a comment in one of our, hey, like power up girl kind of side conversations. You were like, girl, when you walk into a room, Yes. Right. So the fact that you acknowledge that today, like, see, I see, I already knew this is going to be like a whole love party. Yes, because it's, it's true. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I could hook you up with um, an opportunity that you just slayed. Man, it was it was it was so huge for me. And I will tell you, and as you know, you know, when you're able to walk into dip new spaces and be able to, to speak to the spaces that you've been in, it, it, it sets you to a new level of pedigree. And that literally has been a big part of a lot of the success I've had with speaking. So you just have to know how grateful I am for the awesomeness and, and graciousness that is you. My honor. So tell me about 
and and um, in addition to slaying lives, <laughs> what is it? What do you do? Yes. So I work in technology consulting, mm-hmm. but I'm actually I do the people stuff. So I do change management. Okay. So these large corporations, they'll be doing these huge transformations. And basically I sit with them and I say, how are you going to communicate this to the, your people? How are you going to make sure that they have the skills and knowledge and the attitude that they need to take on this new change? And yeah. so we set up those strategies. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Did yeah. you always know that you wanted to be a management consultant? Girl, mm-mm, I did not. <laughs> so this is an interesting thing. I wanted to be a whole lot of stuff and that'll probably come out in our conversation today. So when I, when I went to college, I wanted to be a doctor mm-hmm. and then, and then I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be, but I knew that I wanted to do something that felt good to me, something that felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. And then I thought through it and I was like, I don't think I want that life. And I thought about it. My mom works at our biggest competitor. Mm -hmm. And since I was a little girl, she told me, you are a consultant. Wow. Since I was like 12, she was like, you're a consultant. Mm -hmm. And I never believed her. And I rebelled against that. And it hit me. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm a consultant. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for this. Because just like the strategic thinking, Mm -hmm. the criticality, the problem solving, it made sense. Yeah. And, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I know I definitely didn't know um, I wanted to be a consultant. I was just like, oh, y'all travel? Sign <laughs> me up. I can find all the problems and tell you everything that's wrong if you're going to put me on a plane. So like, that's that's yes. But you I was not as a consultant, did you? No, I started out um, working for an investment bank right. and I was in treasury operations. That's so far from consulting. It was so boring. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh, I don't want to do this. And then yeah. literally kind of snuck and found my way into big four. And the things I, I think the things that I want to do continue to evolve and change. Um, wow. But you know, you are a woman of many, many talents. And years ago, you penned this powerful article about your rocky road to the Ivy League. It is ever inspiring, encouraging, it's compelling. And it's just like a constant reminder of, and this was at least seven years ago, you wrote this article, right? But it's something I refer to. It just reminds me of the magic and the ability that lies and, and lives within us all. I can only imagine you know, many people see your glory and like all the great things that, that you have going on today. And it's easy because you just shine so bright. And I think that light to me is even more magnified because of, because of your path. So one of the most inspiring things I read in that article was, I'm not rattling off my dirty laundry for the sake of pity, but it's proof that no legacy is beyond repair. Girl, you up here with these Obama-like cadences. <laughs> Thank you, that's the ultimate compliment. Girl, <laughs> what was it that made you decide, you know what, I'm gonna rewrite my story? Okay. So it was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. Um, I think the biggest thing, so let me give a little bit of background for like what the story is for your audience. So basically I, um, dropped out of high school when I was 14, like right after my 14th birthday. So I had one good semester in, um, high school 
And this was largely because, I mean, I had like a bunch of stuff going on at home, but the year before, or maybe like two years before, I had a teacher pull me aside and she was like, honey, school is not for you. Mm-mm. Like you might, you might be good outside of school, but this is not going to work out. So I believe that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I left and I did like the food service and retail thing. And I made it to um, Tiffany and company, which was a great company to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened when I got there was I kind of like, for me, I was like, okay, the highest grade that I completed was eighth grade. This is the best that I think I can do when it comes mm-hmm. to retail. And what does growth look like from here? Like it really hit me like, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. I think I was like um, 24 at the time. And I just felt like, for me at least, it wasn't there. It wasn't like in that space. Mm-hmm. So I had this conversation and it's funny that you mentioned Barack Obama mm. because my mom and I had just watched a Barack Obama speech. Okay. And I love Barack and I was very inspired by our first black president, you know? Yeah. And so we were walking, watching Barack and my mom was like, what do you think Barack would want you to do? Do you think he would want you to stay at Tiffany's or go to school, get your GED? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and she kind of got me, but I said to her, I was like, well, school's not for me, right? Because I mm-hmm. believe that. And what she asked me was, what makes you any different than anyone who goes to school? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any mm-hmm. good answer for her. Mm-hmm. I bought my GED book that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love- so between Barack and my mom, I was just like, you know what? It's time to like step out on the limb, try something different. So I really appreciate. Well, first of all, let me just back up because your mama is just just the ultimate black Ever- girl magic, and I love the messaging, the way that she plants ideas in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like. The, the level of influence, I feel like she was allowing you to, to be your individual self, but she was inspiring the individual for you to make the decisions that you wanted to make. Yes, that, she was always that. That's, that's, that's a good consultant, <laughs> right? Make I'm them think it was their that. idea. Make them think <laughs> it was their idea. Yes. And you know what? Actually, what I learned, and I'm still learning, mm. is that you have to make sure that you amplify those voices in your life. Those are the voices that you pay attention to. Because yeah. there will be voices on the other side Many. who tell you, you can't do this. Yeah. And yeah. you got to listen to the positive ones. Absolutely. You have to let that drown out the negative ones. Even the way I talk to myself, right? Like I think imposter syndrome will always be a thing. I think fear will be always be a thing because I don't take, I don't take any time or energy to eliminate it. I just, I'm just like, you know what? It's there. I need to just do it anyway. Yes. Like that, yeah. That's the big thing. Um, one of the other things I really appreciated about the article was that you mentioned that you don't see success as what redefines you most because you faced so much uncertainty on the journey. What compelled you to just keep pushing and as you often reference, do it anyway? Yeah, do it anyway is like, it's still a thing that I I say to myself, like a mantra that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what, honestly, what pushes me is different at every moment. So like, Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's just like, 
I don't know if revenge is the right word, but sometimes it's like, I'm going to show you mm-hmm. what I can do. That's not necessarily the best motivator, but it works sometimes. It works. It works. <laughs> um, but also it's like, to, you know, I'm, I might sound like cliche here, mm-hmm. but also it's like, you have to do it for yourself. You really, at the end of the day, it mm-hmm. is a choice that you make and you have to decide, am I going to let this stop me mm-hmm. or am I going to push through? You may not know what pushing through looks like. It, it's not going to be pretty most of the time. It's probably going to be ugly, mm-hmm. but you got to do it for yourself. Exactly. You can't be defeated yeah. by all that. Yeah. And that's what makes you really unique and cool. Mm-hmm. Not the easy stuff, it's the hard stuff. Agree. I was I was talking to a group of students and, and I was encouraging them. Actually, that Clark Atlanta University speech I talked about. And we were just talking about how you connect and engage with people by telling your story, right? And how to leverage that to influence, you know, how to get a desired positive result, hopefully for both parties. That's always the goal. And I was telling them to take inventory of your wins. Like, just think about the things, right? That, that you celebrate your accomplishments, what you want people to know about you. And somebody asked, well, what if I don't have any like traditional or noteworthy wins? And my response was like, I thought that was an excellent question. Mm-hmm. Um, I are on the side that we all have a win is a win, whether it's tiny or whether it's big, but if you meet somebody and you don't think that that win is a common lane to connect with that person in, everybody has lost. Yeah. Right? So you can, you can, you will probably get a more engaged heart response from somebody. If you can share a challenge that you overcame that may be similar for them, or they leverage the same you know, strategy to overcome it, or they had the same type of person, like a wise consultant mama in their circle to like kind of help them push forward, right? There's yeah. some common ground for everybody. And I love that you said, I'm still doing it anyway, because one of the things I was going to ask you, like you go from college, high school dropout to Ivy League, Columbia graduate, working in this amazing firm, telling these amazingly experienced people what to do, right? And the the natural question was going to be imposter syndrome. Girl, it's Mm -hmm. present all the time, actually. It's, I mean, I'm always fighting it. Like you you think that when you're looking ahead to these goals and these places where you want to end up, that you're going to end up in that space and everything, every challenge that you deal with personally just vanishes Mm because you're here and you realize your value and you just doing it. That's not how it happens. It doesn't. You are still you up in that space doing those things. That's right. Uh, So yeah, I deal with imposter syndrome often. Mm -hmm. And I'll actually go back to a point that you made. I probably just last year realized that professionally, I have the space to do what I was doing personally and in school. Mm -hmm. So I was telling my story all the time in school, you know, and, and I wrote that piece. But when I went into the professional world, I had a different strategy and it was, it was wrong. My strategy Mm -hmm. was to like play a role and just try to fit in and, you Mm -hmm. know, that thing that didn't work out for me. So I found myself on a team full of blondes Mm -hmm. and (laughs) you know, that feeling where you're like, one of these things is not like the others. Exactly. 
And I just felt really out of place. And they had already had their own culture. culture. They were, everybody was best friends. They took vacations wow. together. And I just, I felt so out of place. And um, we had some extra time at the end of a meeting one day. And someone asked me where I went to school. And I told them Columbia. Mm-hmm. And they asked me like what it was like. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to actually tell them my whole story like how Mm -hmm. I got to Columbia why it was Mm -hmm. hard and their jaws were open Mm -hmm. and after that they all went around and they told their stories of their challenges and we were automatically connected Mm -hmm. Um, and I told them that I dealt with imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and they kind of like it just helped to be open about it because yeah. it was in their minds. It was in the front of their minds that that was something I was going through. Yeah. That helps a lot. Yeah. I, I interviewed one of my mentors last season on the podcast and she is West Indian. So she's got a little bit of spice on her accent. And she was talking about how she worked, you know, in this, um, this team full of men. And they would like tease her and say off-putting comments. And she was just really like the cast out, but she she was focused on performance. So she was like, at, at this point, honey, say what you want, because I'm going to get this bag. Mm-hmm. But then she actually um, challenged herself to open up about, you know, her life. And I think it, it turned, it was one day where they were like, oh, what did you do this weekend? Now she's West Indian living in New York City. She's like, I was in the Bronx at the concert. We ate doubles. And people were like, what? What is that? But it, it, it's, it's, it's so interesting that we all, because I thought the same way when I came out of college. I was like, I'm going to go to Wall Street. I'm going to wear my little Brooks Brothers. And I'm not going to put no, no crazy color in my hair. And I'm just going to play below the radar. And it did not work out for me. Yeah. You feel suffocated. Oh yeah. And people pick up on that. They pick yes, up they on do. that wall. And a lot of times you think like, am I not co- connecting because I'm not like them? But mm-hmm. sometimes you're not connecting because you're not opening up. Like yeah. you're not being who you are. Right. Right. You can't connect with somebody if, if it's not you, the, the real you that's trying to connect. Right. Yeah. Um, I, and for me, I had a struggle with that for a long time. It probably took me about eight years to figure out like what culture was good for me from, from like a corporate perspective, because initially I was like, "Mm, I want all the big names. I want the highest paying offer. I'm going to take it. And it was like, these are not my people. Yes. These are not my people. (laughs) Not going to work. Let me go over here. You don't think about that when you prioritize in the money. Like, you know, you know, and you know what? I had to stop chasing the money. I had to stop chasing the money. Now I'm not saying I was over here taking $2 an hour, but I was definitely intentional about looking and getting a feel of the culture. And then that's when I went totally video game company tattoos and blue hair and shave sides popped up. And now I feel like media is a good spot a good industry for me because I still can flex like my professional muscles. Mm-hmm. But you know, this job just last, when I moved to this job last year, this was the first time I interviewed without changing my hair. Oh, wow. That That's crazy? humongous. That's I've never done that. 
That is huge. That tells you just like the growth that I'm still experiencing and like just the owning of who I am. And now I'm at a space where it's just like, I'm like John Legend, all of me. This is I it. I love that. You know? I love that so much. You get to just thrive and be yourself and not have to perform yes. constantly as somebody yeah. else. Yeah. That's that, beautiful. That was, that was tiring. But this ain't about me, honey. Okay. but all all of these collective experiences are just just why you are just amazing and I think it's just critical for the opportunities you have and 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 the spaces that you exist so I know I've just talked a little bit about you know how I show up in spaces Mm -hmm with this entire evolution and this phase of life that, that you've now come to, the space of, of accepting and ownership and being able to propel and, and push yourself and, and be focused, how does that show up in your professional life? Like, how do you show up as a professional, as a consultant? What does that mean for you? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I think one of the things, because I, um, as they say, got it out the mud, mm-hmm. is Mm -hmm. I just don't fold when it comes to a challenge Mm -hmm. and I feel like in a lot of the way in a lot of ways that makes me unique I'm not saying that all my colleagues do but like it's really hard to break me with the challenge I kind of just meet it with a okay that's what it is Mm -hmm. here's how we're gonna roll and get it just taken care of and my clients tend to really like that attitude you know what I think um I think something else that people appreciate about me now that I have like exhaled and decided to, to be myself is that we can have a more candid environment. Now I know that's not like a a professional, like hard skill, but Mm -hmm. that soft skill has helped me a lot with my relationships with my colleagues Mm -hmm. and my clients. And I think that it's become a part of my brand actually Mm. that I'm going to be more relaxed I'm going to be myself. We're going to get this done, but it's not going to be like a a stiff environment. I think too, one of the things that I'm finally being able to tap into Mm -hmm. is inclusion and diversity. And that's like my passion. And I want that to be a part of my brand. I think I'm working it in, but the reason why I'm so passionate about that is because of my background Mm -hmm. and understanding how important it is to make people who come from non-traditional backgrounds feel like they are a part of the whole. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely shown up in my professional style. I love that. And that's important because if you just look at, and you're in technology, so you know this, the way we do everything is changing. Yeah. Right? Like the avatar of our, our market or our customer profile is not what it was five or 10 years ago. You know what I mean? And it's like, we have to figure out different ways to solve problems. I am not a fan of the standalone term, diversity of thought. I'm just going to put that out there because I think it's an attempt to water down what we really need to be doing from an equity perspective. It is. Right? Now, that... Standalone, I don't agree with it. I do think though that when you really infuse opportunities and situations and spaces with true diversity, I think diversity of thought is a downstream impact that you will get, right? I think it's solve, don't solve for this from the symptom, 
solve for the root. And there's there's so many, I love the things that you highlighted. There are so many soft skills, so many things that you build um, as a consultant. The problem solving, listen, that is so, so key because I, I, I find that in most spaces, you have more people that find problems than solve problems. This is true. Right? This is true. And can't handle a problem being thrown at them. And it's kind of like you're a consultant, honey. And you actually gave me some really good advice. And it sounds so simple because it is, mm -hmm. but it is applicable across the board. You told me this when I started my internship and what you said was look at the way things are, mm -hmm. find the gaps, propose solutions. Yeah. And that is so simple. And it has set me apart in so many ways. Yes. yes. Like it's, it's magical. That's really all you got to do. It's a small lever that I don't think enough people pull but it makes us stand out from the crowd for sure, right? And those are the things, those are the things that get the dollars and the solutions. So, oh yeah, it's oh, a yeah. win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, you know what they say, girl, more money, more problems. Facts. <laughs> so what are, what are some of the professional challenges uh, that you're navigating now? One of the things that I am dealing with is, being too married to a formula or a plan. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's tough because I have a consultant's mind. And, yes. you know, we think through the yes. step, I'm going to do A, B, C, the result is going to be this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been tough for me to, to say like, well, personally, how, how can I pivot? Mm -hmm. that is that is one of the challenges that I'm actually dealing with now like okay I'm doing great at what mm -hmm. I'm doing now mm -hmm. and I had a plan to ride this out in a certain way and it's been tough to figure out like mm -hmm. how can I how can I break out of this how can okay. I try something new and I'm old like you know I'm, I'm 32 now I'm like old ma'am you made me just feel geriatric <laughs> But you know what I mean, though? I'm like, right. you're not just starting your career, right? You've kind of put in some work. This path is going well. I get yes. it. I get yes. it. And you know, especially when you have like a whole story where it's like, and then I arrived here. So, you know, it's funny. I was making notes for what I wanted to talk about for this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, look at that. I feel like my old self is talking to my present self. Mm. It might. <laughs> It might be time for me to actually figure out what's the, what does the next chapter look like mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's not like exactly what this formula or yeah. plan is. I, I remember the moment I broke out of the formula because I was deep in the formula. Mm -hmm. I was working audit, risk management consulting, and I was just like, I am on the path to chief audit executive. That is it. Do not pass go. Do not mm -hmm. collect $200. I got my certifications. We're on the move. And my old boss, she was just like, so you don't want to try anything else? And I was like, no, I got my certification. <laughs> I'm on the path, chief audit right. executive. Where else am I going to get this level of creativity, flexibility, problem solving? I talked to executives and frontline people all in the same week. Yes. Right? And she was just like, how will you 
how do you know that you're not going to be good at something or that you won't like something until you try? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, let me pick my face up. <laughs> let yeah. me pick my face up. It's and it's just now my career has just evolved to just like this exploration of curiosity and seeking new adventures and then making sure it's all grounded in the things that are important to me. I and that gets scary sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It gets very, very scary. And then life has its own way of setting up some roadblocks to kind of point you in the right direction. Yeah. Because I had just yeah. been thinking for so long, like, well, what's next? Well, what's next? I, re- I love my current job. Like, what's next? But now, especially now that I'm working for a different type of company, now that I'm back in media and I love podcasting and I love creating content, but I also love tech. It's like, well, wait a minute. How can I build something for all these things? So, yes. So, and sometimes it's like there are so many options out there. It's, it's hard to, to figure out exactly where you want to point yourself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm necessarily closed off to all the paths. I feel like I learned that lesson that if yeah. I want to do it, I can mm-hmm. do it. Obviously. But then it's like, but what do I want to do though? Yeah. So I think that obviously imposter syndrome is like number one, but that mm-hmm. is probably number two. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair. What yeah. I will say is that having a consulting background is going to equip you to succeed in everywhere. And you you see it when you work with your clients. Like you can tell who comes from a consulting background and who doesn't. Oh yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean like preliminary yeah. note-taking, meeting minutes, presentation skills, follow-up, how, you know, all, all the things that matter. Um, you can you can really tell. So I have no doubt in my mind that wherever the road takes us, um, we will be in the winders winner's circle. Thank you, sis. Of course. Now, (laughs) I don't listen to many podcasts. I barely listen to my own. By the time I get finished editing it, I'm like, y'all can just have it. Same. Um, But I do love and listen to yours. So please tell the people about Crown Jewels. Yeah, let me put a little plug in here. So this podcast that I'm on right now is Black Girl Magic. Mm-hmm. Our podcast is Black Love Magic. Yes. So it's called Crown Jewels, and it's me and my beautiful, wonderful husband yes. just talking about all of the aspects of relationships. And obviously, like we're married and we are in a romantic relationship, but it does apply to lots of different relationships. We've both gone through a lot of therapy. So we'd like to talk about what we learned in therapy mm-hmm. and the little challenges and bumps in the roads we have together. But ultimately it really is, we do it so people can see what black love looks like yeah. and that black love can be healthy and it can feed you yeah. and it's revolutionary. Yeah, girl, I'm over here like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I am, I am like so over relationship novels, relationship shows, even though I do like, um, what's the one on TV one ready to love. I do like that one. Cause it's not a lot of drama. Watch that. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it, it is, it is a great disaster, um, <laughs> but I'm, I am like so over the narrative of like love and relationships. But mm-hmm. when I listen to you and Steph, cause I just feel like he's my cousin in my head. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it is so refreshing, right? Because 
the, it's not only just, I, to your point, these are not principles that you can apply to ro just romantic relationships. A lot of those, a lot of like the crown principles, uh, favorite episode. Of yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It makes me think about like, what are my principles for my relationship with myself? Yes. Right. Yeah. Or with my niece or with my mom or with my coworkers. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love that it, um, I love anything that forces me to stretch beyond kind of my current kind of sphere of understanding and, and, and push myself to even, even better and greater habits and crown jewels is definitely <laughs> it. Thank you so much for that. Of course. So what's next for you? Um, next for me is first of all, I'm having a baby. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a big thing we got a little baby saint coming in july oh i hope he's born on my birthday i think i said this i was like i hope he's born on july 6th i think he's gonna be a cancer now i don't know if he's coming that early <laughs> okay okay but i think he will be a cancer okay. okay and so he's coming and i think that's a really great opportunity for me to take a little pause hmm. Soul searching. The, yeah. So the plan is yeah. to, you know, drop this baby off real quick mm -hmm. and then come up with a plan for what's next mm -hmm. and execute that once I do my, my soul searching. I love that. Listen, I, from, I don't have babies, but from what I've seen from friends and family having children, like their entire perspective on life changes. Mm -hmm. like, that is the ultimate battery in the back. I can't, girl. I can't wait to see. And listen, if he comes early, listen, you got a good trio. You got Gemini, Cancer, Leo. You really can't go wrong in that space. So you're right, though. You're right. But we we're aiming for cancer. We're aiming for that time frame. So yes. you'll see. I'm looking forward to it. So when I think about relationships, I acknowledge the reality that as I evolve and grow, not all of those around me will, and that's okay. But it also makes it very special when you connect with people who grow and evolve beside you. And I met you when I was in my 20s, <laughs> and that definitely ain't who I is in my 30s. So I just want to say that I'm so grateful that our journeys were aligned and that we could evolve and grow together. And I'm so happy that you made the time to be on this podcast. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much. It's my honor. Yeah. Oh, I hate to end this, y'all, but that's it for this week's episode of the podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Urban Girl Corporate World. You can also check out Let's Work letswin.com slash events to register for upcoming seminars that I'll be a part of. And I'm going to end today's episode with a quote from our amazing guest herself. The truth is that accomplishing a dream is a matter of endurance. Not everyone is going to believe in you. And sometimes you, not, you might not believe in yourself. When life gives you every good reason not to be great, you give life the finger and go be great anyway. That's what dreams are made of. Girl, you got it. 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 Girl, you got it.